Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. together for word and prayer. Father, I thank you for this people that has assembled here tonight, who not only have willingly yielded their lives to you, but have volunteered their time, their talent, their abilities to serve. And we thank you, Father, for allowing us to be inspired, to be propelled, Father, even to the next level. Father, we don't want you to stop moving at refuge. We want you to continue to pull out your spirit to energize us so that we can impact this community. We'll never be content to settle at any level, but we want to go forward in you to grow and fulfill your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it is my birthday, and I'll share a couple comments about that in just a moment. Maybe I'll do that now. Um, Recently, we attended... Allie Kleiner's 16th birthday. We were over at, is it Mickey's or Mikey's? Somewhere down there in Plover. And uh, I noticed the 16, and I thought, you know what? We can use that for my birthday. You just switch the numbers around. <laughs> and then I thought, you know, how about 19? We could just switch it that way, too. If anybody's turning 19, you know. Or how about 91? You know, we have to hang on to it. I don't know if the helium will stay in that that long, but... At least for me. But, uh, yeah, it's wonderful to celebrate a birthday. But there's a couple of things that really came to mind as I turned 61 when I'm thinking about this. And first of all, I'm thankful that I've lived this long. Because so many people have not seen their 61st, 61st birthday. And so just thanking God that he's blessed me with at least 61 years. And then the second thing that really came to me was that I have opportunity each day, and I look at each day as an opportunity to pour my life into others, to serve others. And it seems that my age and the season of ministry, that that's become a stronger conviction than ever before. I want to pour my life to build others up so they can succeed in their calling. And you're seeing that happen as we... We see other people standing in this pulpit ministering the word, younger people, much younger than me, but giving them an opportunity to stretch their wings, giving them an opportunity to develop their, their ministry gift to, to pro- proclaim the word of God. And, and that's exciting to me. And it also gives me some time off. <laughs> but you know what? It's not wasted time because there's so much more to do. I can, you know, and I, I do this daily blog and and, and I know that's something that's really put upon my heart. But I know, I have no idea who's, who it's reaching. But I know that it's something God's put on my heart to do. And, and to, even to plant some seed in somebody that who knows where they might be, might grab a hold of that and read that and be inspired, be touched by the Lord. And so this is team night. And I, I think it's good if, if this is your, how many of, this, of you, this is your first team night? We've all been here before. Okay, a few of you. Great. Welcome. Welcome. And, and really the vision of this, you say, what is team night? Team night, it's not really about us, but it's about what God can do through us to impact this community, to serve 
those people that are coming through the doors each week. And see, this ministry, there's so many elements of what God's called us to do that's beyond just a Sunday morning. You know, if you come show up there in the middle of the week, you see other activity happening in the child care center and the school and, and all that. But all of that is a component of somehow making a positive impact in this community. And, and see, uh, team meetings are really for building you up so that you can be better equipped to serve. And, and there's actually three components to these team meetings. Our, our desire for these team meetings are, first of all, to empower Secondly, to equip, and thirdly, to encourage. To, to do those three things to help you do what you do even better. And see, that's so important because uh, so often we can fail to recognize the importance of serving in the role that we serve in. You may not think that you're missed if you're not here, but you are missed. And somebody else has to step it up or come in your place and so we appreciate those of you that serve. And we know that sometimes you can't make it if you attack with some physical thing. But as a team, then we just, we pull together. And, and we're going to trust God to get the job done. And so, now, the result of, I believe, those three elements that we talk about, empower, equip, and encourage, is simply making an impact in people's lives. For Christ. For the kingdom of God. So that heaven's purpose can find some form of expression upon planet earth. Through you and through me and through every one of us. And, and see, God so structures the body, bring it together that what we do, we, we're of one mind, one heart, serving one purpose. And there's a unity that God's established that's absolutely supernatural. It, it's not man's innovation. It's not man's uh, wit or wisdom to try to bring it all together, but it's the spirit of the living God that resides in every one of us. And I'm excited about that. You know, it makes my job so easy as the pastor, knowing that the spirit of God is at work in each of our lives. And so if I can get you to, to submit and yield to the Holy Spirit and, and spend time in his word, then that's going to connect you with the greater vision of what God's doing here at Refuge. And, um, and so, uh, Matthew 28, 20, I'm, I'm going to talk about something tonight uh, that I came across a few years ago, and, and, uh, and it's, it's, you can write this down if you're taking notes, but it's bottles, bibs, and aprons, okay? You might think, what is that? Well, you'll find out in a minute, just pay attention. But in Matthew 20, 28, Jesus made this statement about himself, he said, even as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. See, Jesus came not looking to be served. He came to find someone to serve. And see, that's a mentality that we need to embrace. Uh, this past November, uh, we had got together with our family for a family gathering in Asheville, North Carolina, and that's, we had a great time coming together, and uh, Andy joined us for that event, and, and you know, we had an opportunity for Sunday morning to go to Elevation Church with Pastor Stephen Furtick, and, and that's in Charlotte, North Carolina, but to be, and, and he didn't preach that morning, but that's okay, 
we weren't disappointed because another guy preached, Greg, what's his last name? Greg Crochelle, yeah, which was an amazing message. But you know, as a pastor, and then all of us, you know, because we're involved in church, we want to see how do they do it. Because obviously they're, they're doing it very effectively, very successfully. And so from the time, I mean, we, we actually left early to get there, and there was a tr- line of traffic waiting probably about a mile before the church, ready to turn off. I'm thinking, are we going to get there in time? Because we're waiting, and every traffic light, we're stopped again. We're waiting. We're praying, Lord, let this traffic move. Let this traffic move. But we got in in the parking lot, and, and the first people, actually, that were serving were the parking lot attendants. And they were excited about what they were doing. In fact, this one guy, because it was warm, we had the windows rolled down, you know, at that time of year, you know. <laughs> but we're in the south, Okay. This one parking attendant, he is doing this, Jake. And he says, I love my job. You know? <laughs> I mean, he was so thrilled. I said, that's pretty awesome. And so then, you know, we get out of the vehicle, get out of parking space, we go up to the church. And it was like they had a reception for us. It was like a line of people, welcome, and high-fiving us. And it was like, this is almost too much, you know. But it was exciting to see the joy and the excitement in everyone that was serving. We, we, we didn't find anybody like this. We didn't encounter a grouch, bar humbug, no scrooges were there. I mean, these were people that were engaged, they were alive, and there was the life of God that was so evident. And I'm thinking, wow. I was inspired. We were inspired to be there. And, and, and so, it, and, and yet, you know, being a first-time visitor, it's sometimes awkward and, and challenging to be in a new place. But we felt so welcome. We felt like this is part of our extended family. And so it was such a blessing to be there. And so I just want to share that with you. Now, uh, what we witnessed was... Those who served, they served with a servant heart and mentality. There was a reflection there that really extended the love of God to us. And, and see, uh, growing up in a family, you know, we, we grew up on a family farm. And I you know, had four brothers and two sisters. And what was interesting, you know, when we became capable of doing chores we were given responsibility by our parents. We were expected to serve. We didn't have an option. Well, I don't want to get up and go do barn chores this morning. No, sometimes we didn't even feel good. We felt maybe even sick. Well, we had to push through that because we had a job that needed to be done. And so in thinking about that, that's because we were part of the family and I didn't have an option to be lazy. I didn't have an option to just not show up because I was part of the family. It was a family farm. And, and, and I saw that my role was important for the success of that farm so that my dad could accomplish what needed to be done, whether it was harvest season, whether it was planting season, whether it was in the cold of winter when we're feeding cattle or whatever it was. I saw my role as very important, and I was engaged. 
And, and see, and I, I, now I parallel that to the church. I, I, see, I see that there's so much a singularity of serving and being part of the family. You're part of a family here. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I see the service, the servant heart that you possess that's growing and developing. It's, it's uh, actually, what's the word? It's um, uh, when something's catchy or it's um, contagious. Thank you. Yeah, contagious. There's something contagious about it. So let's talk about bottles, bibs, and aprons. Now, if you're still sucking on a bottle, uh, you might have some issues. Now, and, now, I'm saying if you're truly a baby, it's okay. You know, babies need to suck on bottles. They need somebody else to feed them. But there comes a time when that baby begins to grow and develop and they feed themselves. But in the church, there's a mentality that people just want to still suck on the bottle. They, they don't want to begin to feed themselves. They don't want to go to, to the next step because they've become comfortable in that place. Now, any parent would be concerned if their child was still sucking on the bottle and they're eight years old and, and they're having need of, of the mom and dad to feed them, right? There would be some great concern about the developmental issues in that child's life. But in the church, there's some developmental issues that need to be addressed, okay? So uh, Hebrews 5.13, it says, For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. So it's stating, okay, there's the implication if you read the whole context of that, it's time to grow up. It's time to eat the meat and take hold of the meat so that you can serve the purpose that God's called you to do. First Peter 2.12, the Bible says, like newborn babes or newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. So it's appropriate for the new believers to, to feed on the milk, to be fed, for us to come alongside them, to help them in their walk with God. And, but then there's that time that they need to feed themselves. So um, years, across, years ago, like I said, I came across this statement, uh, we are meant to wear aprons, not bibs. We want to talk about those two elements now. What does that mean? Well, let's first of all talk about what a bib is. Bibs are for people who can't feed themselves or for those who refuse to feed themselves, okay? And really the bib helps to, to keep them from getting all messed up, okay? And bibs are for those who only want to be fed, okay? Now, bibs are for those who are not ready or willing to feed themselves. And bibs are for those who are more interested in being served rather than serving. And then finally, bibs, I actually got two more statements. <laughs> bibs are for those who insist that the church exists for them. Okay, all right? I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Now, to be truthful and factual, bibs are for babes in the faith. Now, I'm not talking about, about how some people would define babes, okay? I'm talking about babies in the faith, okay? <laughs> because we have those too around here, but, okay? Ooh, I, don't, I can't believe I said that. I really can't believe I said that. We got together yesterday, the lead team, and Pastor Deb's con 
comment about me because everybody goes around the room and says something nice about the birthday boy. And, and she said, I just appreciate how pure-hearted he is. And then, so, well, so. <laughs> uh, you okay, honey? Okay. <laughs> so bibs are for babes in the faith, those who haven't caught God's vision for the church yet. Or those who are not yet of the faith. In other words, an unbeliever coming in. You can't recruit an unbeliever and say, okay, you're going to serve with us. Until they have that connection and encounter with Jesus. Let's talk about aprons. Aprons. Now, the day comes and will come in every person's life that they exchange the bib for the apron. Okay? And, and, and that's you here today. You've exchanged the bib for the apron. Aprons are for those who have a heart to serve others in the name of Jesus Christ and on behalf of him. Aprons are for those who know that they are the church, okay? We are the church, making a difference in this world of need, okay? Aprons are for those who don't mind getting their hands dirty because they're, they're working, they're laboring, and, and sometimes things can get messy, okay? Aprons are for those who take the time daily to feed their spiritual hunger. You know, and it's interesting, a mom that's cooking and preparing for everyone else, you know, they're preparing it, and they're going to feed themselves, too. They're, you know, my wife makes chili, and she makes some good chili. I rest assured she's going to eat a bowl of chili. And, but she tells me it always tastes better when somebody else makes it. But nobody can make it as good as her, okay? So, yeah, see, it's good. It's award-winning. In fact, uh, just ask, ask Saray. She's from Texas. And so... Pastor Deb had that pot of chili, and, uh, you know, she was honest. I had to be honest. You know, I'm from Texas, and they have the best chili in the whole wide world, you know. Yeah, they do. And so she had some low expectation, but she bit in the first bite. The first bite, man, she was in awe, you know. Yeah, so she was very complimentary, and, and, and it wasn't just, hey, this tastes good. It was like... This is really over the top, amazing, okay? So, now, aprons are for those who are growing in their faith and hunger to help others. They want to help others, and that's their passion. It, it, it goes beyond just their own needs. And see, that's where you, there's real spiritual growth when uh, you're not just concerned about your needs, but you're concerned about the needs of others. And that's what serving is all about, making a difference in the, in the lives of others. In fact, you lose sight of your need, and, and somehow God meets your needs when you're all about serving and meeting the needs of someone else. So many people are locked into that. And i, I got to move along here because uh, a few minutes, okay? Now, there's a church consultant that his name is Win Arn. A-R-N is how you spell his last name. He polled thousands of Christians across America, and he asked this simple question, and that is, what do you think the church exists for? Now, in this poll, 88% said the church exists to serve my needs and the needs of my family. Wow. You know, that's why people leave the church. My needs weren't being met there. 
You know, because it's about themselves. It's, they haven't taken off the bib and put on the apron, okay? And then, uh, so in other words, it, with this poll, 88% of Christians in America are still wearing bibs. That's a sad thing. That's not going to happen at Refuge. Because we want to empower you, infuse the life of God in you so you can't help but want to serve, okay? And, and then Jesus, he really set the example on the day that he was arrested, betrayed, arrested, and then brought to trial. What did he do that day? He washed the disciples' feet. And then he said, after he did that, this I'm doing is an example that you need to do. You need to serve. Jesus, as we read in the early in Matthew, he came not to be served, but to serve others. So when we bring this home, we need to ask yourself this question. In fact, how would you answer this question? Why does the church exist? Is it to meet your needs? Or is it to serve? So that you can help meet the needs of others. And see, that's a crossing point that will make a big difference in your life. See, how can you help others in your Christian community to trade their bid for an apron? And see, that's what we need to do by encouraging others. Now, if you're serving in an area and, and, and it's like, I got to serve in children's ministry again, refuge kids. Oh, bummer. Oh, what, are you going to interest anyone to go back there with you? No. They'll, they'll be like, <laughs> stay away. See, your attitude is going to either repel people from serving or invite them to serve. And, and so you need to think about that. You know, in, in fact, you might be just having a hard day, but you can still smile. You can stand on the word and the promise. You know, I might be going through something, but I have an opportunity to serve. I have an opportunity to overcome. There's times where I've had, and you know, not that I'm a fake, but there's times I've had to fake it because I didn't feel like serving. But I said, I want to do this with a good attitude, with the right heart, with the right motivation, because if I do, it's going to impact someone else. And you know, every time I push back, push past my own issue and crisis in giving myself to serve God's purpose, it's been a breakthrough in my life because when you're committed to serve others, then God is going to take care of whatever you're dealing with. Amen? But I, I want to tell you, uh, when I started serving and volunteering in the church, when I moved from being an attender to a server, you know, that was a turning point in my life because when I was just attending that's when I can track spiritual growth, real spiritual growth and progress in my walk with God. When I was just attending, I was receiving the word as maybe getting fat spiritually, but I had no outlet to, to develop and put to practice what I was learning. And, you know, I, I went to Israel on two occasions, and I, I know um, Hannah and Vince went there. Anybody else go to Israel? Okay. You too, Seth. That's right. You were on that team too. Now, and when you go to Israel, there's this thing called the Dead Sea, and there's a reason it's dead. And then you have the Sea of Galilee, and there's a reason why that's full of life. 
Because the Sea of Galilee has an inlet and it has an outlet. But then the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. It has an inlet but no outlet. So everything that flows into the Dead Sea ends up dying. And see, when you think about that, if you have no outlet, if you're not giving out, you will become spiritually stagnant and you will become spiritually dead in your walk with God. And we don't want that at Refuge. We want you to be in the flow, receiving and giving out, receiving and giving out. Because then you'll grow, then you'll thrive, you'll be alive. You'll be attractive to others. And people will say, where do you go to church? Can I come with you next Sunday? Okay? Yeah. Anyway. And that's outside the four walls of the church. Now, I, I want to talk just briefly about this thing. And, and this is something God just gave me. Local church connectivity. Now, uh, connectivity in the world of technology has a certain meaning, right? If you have a device and, and you're trying to connect to Wi-Fi, there's this connectivity. You, you connect and then you can you know, access the web and, and all that other stuff. But connectivity is actually defined as the state or the quality of being connected or connective, okay? And so it's, it's interaction with others to serve with purposeful intent. Serving connects you with the heart of the vision that God has given us at Refuge. Serving connects you with the heart of God. Serving connects you with God's people. And, and that's why it, when, when we're connected, you know, people don't want to leave. You know, now if God calls somebody to another place, another, there's a different season in their life, that's a different thing. But those that are connected don't want to leave. Now, because if you have Wi-Fi one, and, and, and then you walk out to the backyard, you lose your Wi-Fi, you know, you're going to turn back, hey, I'm going to get back out of Wi-Fi. I, I want to stay connected. <laughs> I want to stay connected, you know. Have you ever lost Wi-Fi? It's, it's, a, it's a hassle, you know. There's some synonyms for connectivity, and I'll share them with you. It's connectedness, relatability, affinity, association, Integration, network, and I add one to that called covenant relationship. Where we're in covenant, we're committed to one another. We're committed to each other's success. We're committed to each other's well-being. We're not trying to, to you know, outdo one another and, and jockey for positions. But we rejoice with those who rejoice and, and we mourn with those who mourn. You know, um, Grace and Amy Winkleman just lost, well, it's, it's um, Grace's brother just passed away. And, and so, and he's only 48, but he was a powerful man of God, loved God. We, we grieve his loss, grieve his, his, his passing, but we rejoice knowing where he is. But as a church, you know, our hearts go out. Our hearts go out to you, Amy. And, you know, because that's a part of your family and when one member suffers, we suffer with it, okay, or with them. And so that's all part of, of being connected and being in that covenant relationship. And see, that's something that's lost in our culture. Even in marriage, marriage is not viewed as covenant in our society. If you really study covenant, it's, it's the two becoming one. 
coming together with all of your resources, possessions, strengths, and weaknesses. Okay, I, and I'm moving on. So uh, the last three things I want to talk about here, uh, three words, and this is a progression. Inspiration, conviction, and motivation. Is your life inspiring others? Because that's what we want to do. Even in these meetings, we want you to be inspired. As you serve, we want you to be an inspiration to others. And that inspiration will bring conviction. Conviction is not a bad thing. It's a good thing because conviction always brings somebody to a point of decision. And then there's motivation for people to be motivated to serve. And, and let me just say this. Refuge is about to explode in growth. And so it's going to require more people serving. And, and I, I'm not saying that in arrogance or pride. I just know and over the years, and I've, I've reflected back and, and looked at uh, ministers that have come with prophetic words and, 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 and just speaking into this body, that God is going to do something significant. And over the years, I think we had seven or eight different ministers that, that gave the same word. It says, you are going to experience explosive growth. Get ready. And I'm thinking, okay, what does that look like? Well, when something explodes, everything gets shifted, you know. Okay, oh, that could be a good thing, but it's a God thing. If it's a God thing, it's a good thing, right? Okay, and so God explodes this place, you know. But how are we going to do that, you know? But I want to be a part of it, you know. And I'm sure you do too. That's why you're here tonight. You want to be a part of it, okay? Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.